Hello there, everybody. Welcome back to Predictions and Speculation here on Star Wars Lads. We're going to get into episode five of Ahsoka, the first part of the second half of the season. This episode is going to be in movie theaters, it was announced, and they've dropped a brand new poster with Anakin on the poster. He's probably going to be a big part of this show. We're going to dive into all the ways we think Anakin could fill a role, not in just this next episode, but in the show as a whole. Is this actually Anakin in the world between worlds? What is he like? We're going to go into all of that, as well as some of where we think the villain plot line could go in the next episode. Make sure you stay tuned for all of that. If you haven't hit that like button, though, make sure you're hitting that like button and you're subscribed to the channel. Let us know your theories down in the comments below. We always want to hear what you guys think could happen as well. And again, join us on Tuesdays for our live streams of our reactions to the latest Ahsoka episodes. We'll be talking about episode five for an hour and a half or so, and we will be taking all of your questions, comments, and concerns. So if you haven't checked any of those out yet and you're just discovering our channel for the first time, make sure you come and join us on Tuesdays. We also have a Patreon and YouTube memberships if you're interested in showing your support for our channel. There are some very cool tiers out there that allow you to interact with us and give your voice a strong opinion here on our channel. So make sure you check that out if you're interested. All right, let's get into Anakin right here. So we talked a lot about Anakin. That was the big topic of our last live stream for Ahsoka. And as it should be, I mean, it's the big cliffhanger. It's what they obviously want you to talk about when the show ends. And it is a jaw-dropping moment, even though it was basically revealed by all the major Hollywood trades like a year and a half or two years ago that Hayden Christensen was going to be in this show. Even those of us who knew that information we didn't know in what capacity or where or how. And I think a world between worlds scenario was always something that seemed in the cards. It seemed like a, a pretty optimal way to show the past, whether that was what we were going to get or force ghost. Uh, we're in the world between worlds right now. And so let's talk a little bit about that. I personally think the Anakin Ahsoka storyline is going to take up a good 90% of next episode. <laughs> and I think it, it, that's warranted. I, I, we're, first time we get to see Anakin and Ahsoka on screen. Sonna, give me some of your ideas for, first of all, what do you think Anakin is? Do you think it actually is Anakin? Do you think it's a, a construct of the Force? Do you think it's a Force ghost? And where do you think and how do you think the Anakin-Ahsoka storyline plays out next episode? Well, I think when I originally saw it, I really wanted it to be 100% Anakin's force spirit like you know this is just the way of presenting himself in the world between worlds that it is a plane of existence for him to be as close to flesh and blood as possible all right I, that's what I wanted because I just think maybe introducing the concept of like you know, like an imprint or like an echo of the force might be a little too confusing for like general audiences who have just watched all nine movies right it just it's a, it's a, it's a strange thing to maybe be introducing to Ahsoka and people have already had complaints that, you know, there's so much dependencies on rebels, but I mean, I think now I do think it is definitely like an imprint of him. It just feels like that is the Anakin that is best suited to teaching Ahsoka, even with, you know, some of his struggles with her leaving the order things going on with Padme, the war, Obi-Wan, Palpatine, all those things. I mean, he looks like Revenge of the Sith Anakin. People were saying he doesn't have the scar. 
he does have the scar. It's just a lighting thing. Some people are saying it looks like he's got Darth Vader's lightsaber. It looks like it because some of it looks a little darkened. But again, I think it looks like lighting because we see a lot more silver than we ever do on his Vader lightsaber, especially the emitter portion. This is an Anakin that Ahsoka fondly remembers. And maybe she did only meet him during Siege of Mandalore. Maybe she did get to meet him in one of those unfinished arcs before that was supposed to have her interact with the Jedi. I am not sure, but this is the version that she's seeing. And I think she most closely resembles, uh, if you've been reading the Star Wars mainline, an Elzar man from the High Republic imprinted by like that sort of fungi that Luke kind of collapses into. And, you know, he they jump between past, present, future of the Star Wars galaxy and Elzar kind of serves as like a hint of like an Anakin before Anakin. He even says like that lightsaber looks pretty similar to, you know, one of my own like designs, right? Like it, it feels like it's very easy to build off of that topic. It is just a copy of that moment in time and of Anakin. And I think it also maybe can lean a little bit more into how the legends kind of viewed like holocrons of Jedi. Like the holocrons are basically aware that, you know, we are, some sort of force imbued copy of like a usb drive <laughs> and uh, we're not that person that person could be long dead but we can still have some sort of like interactivity with people still be like teachers and mentors even if everything past this point we don't know about our own lives and that just feels like the anakin of this what his role is is it's a lot to really think about like you're saying liam i do think he takes a good majority of this episode but the 80 percent or 90 percent whatever it may be it's it's anakin and his flashbacks i think we're gonna see him kind of use them as a way to like reawaken some of the ahsoka that's been lost we've already seen hints of that like ahsoka has been so much more free and loose and to both her benefit and detriment in the last episode and a half ever since she Finally, is like, you know, I need to connect with Sabine. Sabine doesn't have to simply connect with me. She's like, well, you know, if I connect with Sabine, it's kind of like how I was at her age, right? I was, or when I was even younger than her, I was a little bit wilder. I was a little bit more cocker. I was the chosen one's Padawan. So I had a lot of his qualities. And she started showing them. She also happened to burn her hand and <laughs> give herself a serious disadvantage. And it was a very Padawan-esque move of her. But regardless she's on that journey but that doesn't mean that she's complete like you said she's far from that version and she's also many decades past that point for her to just revert to that would be almost unhealthy for her and i think this is where anakin can show her the past show her what worked show her what doesn't work anymore show her different periods of her life and kind of imbue it with whatever stoicism whatever her own realizations have been ever since she finally escaped from Malachor and returned to the galaxy after her revival by Ezra, right? So it feels like he'll be almost like a storyteller and almost an orator. It'd be very interesting if they go into the little portals of the world between worlds and instead of simply seeing them, they almost like embody them and they almost feel like they're like, my body's moving without me realizing I'm saying these things. Like, she feels part of her isn't actually there, but she feels like she's 14, I guess. She feels like she's in her 20s again as Fulcrum. I think that'd be cool to see. But I'm, I'm more than fine with her just discussing with Anakin what they're saying. And then we see 
the events play out, I think that would still be pretty clear for us and avoid some confusion. I do think, though, that one key point that Anakin might try to stress is that for so long, she has been rejecting her Jedi-ness. She is a light side user, force for good, has tried to do the best that she's learned from her master and from the force all the way to even like teaching guerrilla tactics to the rebels who need it. I just think that maybe Anakin tries to maybe push her to like re-accepting that Jedi that she's always been. Me personally, I don't know if I would love that if she like goes back to being a full-time Jedi because I really think Star Wars, you know, exploring its force factions, kind of fracturing them and letting them evolve amongst their own slants will be very crucial for like something like the New Jedi Order and 15 years post Rise of Skywalker to really make like the situation feel very different to make it very unique. I can see maybe Anakin push her and then Ahsoka be like, thank you for everything you taught me. That's definitely helped me become more well-rounded, accept parts of myself, grieve the things I needed to grieve, be happier about the things that I should have been happy over. But I'll never be an Anakin-esque Jedi. I won't ever just submit to an order. I won't ever submit to some sort of bureaucracy ever again. I just want to be more like a Jedi wayseeker at best, right? I want to be the type of person who follows what the Force is calling for me to do. I don't need the title of a Jedi to do that. I think that's where her ultimate reality will be with all the lessons that Anakin teaches her. But I think Anakin will remind her a lot of the things about being a Jedi that she has struggled with in both her teachings with Sabine and you know, just applying in her own life. Yeah, there's going to be a heavy emphasis on learning from the past here. And and again, one of the things we've been talking about forever with this show, uh, with flashbacks, is the fact that still a lot of people don't know who Ahsoka is. And they don't know her history. They've been trying to really push it in the marketing, especially leading up to the show, that she's Anakin's Padawan. Well, now here's our chance to see it. And I do like the idea of interactive flashbacks. I like the idea. We've seen that type of storytelling done in Star Wars before, in Clone Wars, even in the films with like Luke in the cave fighting Darth Vader, some type of force hallucination, some type of not real moment that can be lived by characters that's interactive till it's not, right? And she could, I could see the pans of a camera where all of a sudden Ahsoka ships from Rosario Dawson to the uh, other younger actresses we've heard who might be taking on the role of Ahsoka in this during the Clone Wars. And we could see that shift to all of a sudden they're in a battle or there's a defining moment from the Clone Wars that we were reliving. We could shift to the uh, front of the Coruscant Jedi Temple when she's walking away from Anakin. Pivotal moments in her life that we could relive, but with the memories of Rosario Dawson ultimately coming back and, and recapping those moments in a way that where they we see them play out exactly how we saw them in the Clone Wars, but then there's a pause and there's a stop and Rosario kind of looks and says, like, this moment defined me for this reason. And I think we're going to relive a lot of those things. And Anakin's going to pass on, I think most importantly, his teaching style again. We've heard a lot in this show about Anakin taught me this or I never got to finish learning from Anakin because I walked away from him or Balin not being known to Ahsoka, but obviously knowing Anakin, 
there are a lot of things here that have had Anakin's footprint on everything. And we're going to see his spirit rekindle what was there in Ahsoka that kind of died when she found out that her master was Darth Vader. I think that's the most important role Anakin's going to serve in this. I think Anakin's going to play a role throughout the entire series. I don't think you put him on the poster if he doesn't show up anymore. Like, this is it. There's no more voice. There's no force ghosts. There's nothing in the future. I don't think that would happen. But I, I do think at least his voice is going to echo throughout the rest of this series, the last four episodes. And we're going to see his reminders, his gentle reminders, his love of his compatriots, his family, his Padawan, his master, his overabundance of caring that has led to his downfall. We're going to see it start to pull back into Ahsoka, make her realize things that she hasn't realized for a long time. She's obviously met Luke. She knows what happened to Anakin at the end. She knows he turned back to the good side. She just needs this little kick to remind her. As for who Anakin is, I... I tend to agree. Like, I like the whole idea. Holocrons have always been kind of a ripoff of the Jor-El from the Fortress of Solitude in Superman. Basically, artificial intelligence of a person that existed, it acts completely like that person, but yet it actually can't interact with the world around it. But it can give you advice as if it's hearing information for the first time. It can give (laughs) you new scenarios and help you analyze them as if that person actually existed in real life. So I think that's kind of what we're seeing here. But also, I don't want it to feel hollow. Like the only thing I'm a little afraid of with that type of scenario for Anakin is if it doesn't have any actual connection to his force ghost, then it kind of just feels like almost it's basically a dream sequence. And even though Anakin's there directly interacting with Ahsoka, I would prefer it to end with kind of this even though we don't see the glow of the force ghost in the world between worlds, it's a place of force power. Unlike anything we know, there's no rules that have been defined yet. Like we don't really know what it's capable of. This could be a place where force ghosts just exist between time and space. They don't have any other supernatural element to them outside of (laughs) uh, what we see in the world between worlds. Everybody's on an equal plane in the force it's basically a place for your spirit to exist in the force and so when force ghost anakin appears later in the show there can be callbacks and like actual information that directly makes you him remember things that he directly interacted with ahsoka here so i like that idea obviously if it is anakin and I, i just want to touch on that again because so many people are saying it is anakin they want it to be anakin they want him to actually have appeared in the world between worlds And to me, I'll reiterate that I don't really like that personally, just because it changes so many things about Anakin and and his journey to becoming Darth Vader, not just his interaction with Ahsoka, which I also find very, very sweet, bittersweet as well in season seven when he meets her for the first time, like his shock, his awe, his excitement to see her again, all before we see him fall to the dark side is really, really sad. But just on top of that, something like Vader Immortal that he's trying to resurrect Padme. He doesn't go to the world between worlds. He could have if he knew about it, but he doesn't. Uh, Just going back in time and maybe stopping himself from turning into Darth Vader or fighting Obi-Wan, stabbing Obi-Wan in the back before he cuts three of his limbs off. You know, like stuff like that. I feel like it would just throw too many wrinkles in it if it's actually Anakin. And it would have to be Anakin 
sometime right before or during season seven of the Clone Wars because of this hair. So I don't think those details would be missed. I don't think somebody like Dave Filoni would would miss or create that big of a plot hole for Anakin specifically as a character. So uh, moving on though from Anakin because I think this is equally as exciting and I you know I kind of before we got the zoom in on Ahsoka in the water I thought okay episode four is finally the episode we're going to end with revealing Thrawn like I thought that was going to be the tag at the end once uh, we cut away from Hera and Carson Teva and all of them recovering in their ships Jason saying he has a bad feeling about this I thought we're cutting to Thrawn and we didn't, we cut to Anakin and Ahsoka, which was also equally exciting, but we're on the way to Thrawn. We're on the path to Peridia. We're making our way there. And Sabine has a major twist, <laughs> choosing to try to find Ezra, doing the classic Anakin Skywalker Jedi tree thing of, I'm going to get myself deep <laughs> into a problem, but I'll somehow try to figure my way out of it once I get there. And that was very much so in line with decisions Ahsoka and Anakin would make. But they're on the way to see Thrawn. We know the Eye of Scion. You you need like six or seven massive hyperdrive, super star destroyer hyperdrive engines to get through the path to Peridia to Thrawn in another galaxy. Sonic, do you think we see Thrawn finally next episode? I mean, I'd love to. I, I absolutely would love to have him have like a killer scene, like kind of how his Rebels opening is. Do I think that's going to happen? No. I, I mean, let's look at our other major live-action villain. We've had Moff Gideon. He has an appearance in the second-to-last episode in the last 10 minutes, has more of a bigger role in the finale of Season 1, then pops up here and there before actually having a role in the finale of Season 2. Then it popped up a lot later than a lot of us expected in Season 3 of Mando until the finale and for all intents and purposes he's gone so do i think we're gonna have him like take over the second half of a season no i just don't see it especially the more we get from the show like you're saying in our q a section the more obvious it is that this is just set up towards the next show or in the overall plot of the dave filoni film so not really worried about that but I am thinking that at least Thrawn shows up as a main player for two full episodes, episode seven and eight, and a solid role in episode six. Five could just be that shot that we see of him in the trailer when he just finally sees them appear out of hyperspace. Because we also have to consider this. Like everyone's thinking, like, hey, like, yeah, you know, they have this such a powerful like ISION hyperspace ring. Like, you can see how, like, the shockwaves that it sends, you can physically see it destroys, like, the rebels who get caught up in its wake and all that. Sure, all those things are true, but we've also established from the very first Star Wars film that it takes time, right? Like, it, it takes time to travel from Tatooine to Alderaan. Time is a factor here, and it's always been hyperspace, and I don't think that's going to change just because of how many hyperspace engines are there i know in legends you can say like there's this hyperspace engine is like 1.5 light speed this one's like 2.1 or something even if it speeds up things it's still a different freaking galaxy they're they're making a lot of assumptions in this jump too like again morgan is like i can feel thrown but Thrawn's not a force sensitive he's not sending messages to her 
Talion somehow has contact or does he? Like, you know, there's a lot of questions and everyone here, you know, Shin to Morgan is assuming things about Thrawn that he will provide for them when he returns once they, you know, bring him back. The Eye of Zion does seem like it's something that'll be hooked around the Chimera and then shot back to our galaxy. But this will take time. It takes time to get to him. Takes time to like reacquaint ourselves with him and learn of him as a live action character, learn of Ezra and all these things, and then come back. So I just don't see him having anything more than that shot on the bridge. I absolutely would love for like a good five minute sequence with him and we get to see like an Ezra interact with him, maybe some Chiss Skywalker, see some sort of like organizational structure. Again, I do think Filoni with his style of storytelling will naturally be more willing to give Thrawn way more screen time than Favreau ever was for Gideon. And frankly, because Thrawn is just way better of a character and way more important of a character. But the, I mean, yeah, I, I just don't see a lot happening here with Thrawn. I, I see a lot happening on the ship. I can see a good five to seven minute sequence. Sabine and Shin's interactions, Balin continue his work on Sabine. It'd be very interesting to see if Balin attempts to pick up where Ahsoka left off to like trying to teach her to use the force be very interesting if he's able to like if, if Sabine is truly force sensitive unlock something about her um and in parallel we're, we're obviously going to see Ahsoka get something in, unlocked in herself so maybe that title could also reference whatever episode five's title may be reference something going on with like removing a block removing these things to finally get to our destination in many different ways right and that could be Balin's role in the story Morgan, I'm very curious if we're going to see a little bit more of her psyche and what she's doing because she so far just played it as like, you don't need to do anything. I got this. I got this handled. Now that they're actually on the journey, I want everyone to actually be like, okay, what are we expecting? What's going on? I want to see some of those questions posed, but there's just after just, you know, just spilling it out to you guys, it's, it's pretty obvious. There's not enough time for all of that if we really want to make this a Hayden and Rosario Dawson centric episode with flashbacks. If we get Balin's story connected somehow, present and past, it's because we see something in his flashback that informs maybe some of his decision making with the Sabine and Shin and everyone else on the Eye of Sion, but nothing too grand either. I, I, I would love to not feel like the momentum of this main story is suddenly halted for like almost like an origin backstory for Ahsoka and everything. But at the same time, I'm seeing Hayden. That's I, that's my priority too. So it, it's fine by me if we use six through eight to have that super jam-packed. It's just so far in live action. I've just not seen that until the final two episodes. And there's just way more story here than a Mandalorian to deal with. So hopefully five to 10 minutes dedicated to ISI and Thrawn shenanigans, New Galaxy. My expectation is barely anything. Um, and I don't think I'll be upset by that because I'll get to see Clone Wars in live action. I would love a lot of what's happening in the main storyline to happen. I just think that Filoni, as much as he loves everything interconnected, he's worked with Favreau and Lucas on, and as much as he loves you know, trying to deepen Ahsoka's character, Lucasfilm, Disney, everyone's probably telling him hey, you, you still have to prioritize like the general audience who doesn't really know Ahsoka here. So if this is an episode that has to 
you know, cut away from the main story, so be it. See, I don't know if I necessarily would call it a cutaway from the main story because I feel like this is the Ahsoka show, right? So, like, Ahsoka needs growth. And she's been kind of a static character in the New Republic era the whole time. I think this is the moment for her to grow beyond what we see in this show. Rebels, she is right in the middle between Clone Wars version and this, as, as the timeline dictates. But she is way more stern and less fun than she is in Clone Wars because she's 10 years older. But she's not as arms crossed stoic as she is in the New Republic era. So I think this is a rediscovering of Ahsoka. I think that's what the episode will be about. As for Thrawn, though, I do really like the idea of this perfect reunion not going as well as they had hoped it would. There's so many things about the cult of Thrawn in this show so far that Morgan is like treating him almost like a deity. I mean, even even somebody like Hera or the New Republic in general, they're afraid of him and he he's almost otherworldly to them because he literally comes from an area of the universe that they don't know at all. And it scares them. I think that's the thing that scares them most about Thrawn is that he's unpredictable because of his background, not necessarily because of just this, the nature of who he is and what who, the person they've met during their Imperial days. Like he is, he scares them and what he represents scares them for the future. So I like the idea of them coming out of hyperspace and basically maybe they see Thrawn in the Chimera or they go to Chila and, and they see the spires of Chila and they're like, Oh my gosh, we, we made it. We're made it where this is the Chiss ascendancy. And then boom, a big explosion war. The Grisks are coming Thrawn. They board Thrawn's ship, whether it is the Chimera or some other ship. And he's like, you shouldn't have come here. And that is kind of the next step of this because the Thrawn plotline is building towards the film. And I think the film is going to have strong connections to the new Jedi Order film. And to do that, we got to set the stakes of what Thrawn's return to known space is also leaving behind that ultimately sets the galaxy back to when we get to raise new Jedi Order. These The, the effects of that problem aren't just in another galaxy. They're coming to our galaxy. I think all of that's going to start with the setup here. I don't really see that getting much into the story in the next episode. I think it ends with Ahsoka coming out of the world between worlds. She meets back up with Hera. She Maybe she gets a call on her comms. No time has really passed at all, but for her it's been hours or basically a lifetime. She's relived her whole life. And she comes out of it. She's getting the call. Hera and Carson are still up in orbit. They've met back up with Hugh Yang. And then they pick her up and she's like... They escaped. We got to do something. We got to figure out a way to get there. I think that's what a lot of the second half of the season from the Ahsoka perspective is going to be, is trying to figure out how to get back to Sabine and Ezra and Thrawn. So that's going to happen there. And then I think we cut for a final tag, five minutes of them coming back into real space out of hyperspace, seeing Thrawn for the first time. And it's, it's a warning from him. Like, I don't want to come back and lead the empire. I this there's problems here right now and we're in some serious trouble. I think that's going to set the stage for some ma- massive conflict that is ultimately going to be brewing, building and teased 
up until we finally get the announcement of what the name of the film is. That could be an end credits tease at the end of episode eight. Regardless, I think we have the best chance yet of Thrawn appearing next episode. I do hope we get at least one line and it's not just the look that we get. Uh, but yeah, I would love, I would love a very cool line from Lars Mikkelsen. Cause even though we all know what he sounds like, like I'm dying to see him actually as Thrawn embodying the character of Thrawn physically being Thrawn in live action, say some words in the Thrawn voice. I cannot wait to hear it. That's going to wrap up our predictions and speculation. Again, make sure you let us know yours down below. Join us next Tuesday again to talk about episode five. We'll be live 7 p.m. Pacific time. Make sure you join us. Then we will be answering all of your questions, comments, and theories if you want to talk about episode six in the live. So come and join us then. We have our public commando live stream going on every single Monday as well. Join us there. You could talk about Ahsoka some more, or we could just talk about whatever. We answered a lot of different questions about a lot of different franchises and things going on. Last episode, make sure you join us there for a more laid back vibe and uh, anything you would like to ask us. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel for more content. Check out our Patreon and YouTube membership tiers. There are some really cool perks for all of you there. If you would like to check it out and continue to support our channel, we would greatly appreciate it. And make sure you're voting in the character bracket for best animated characters. It's going on in the community section right now. We're down to the Elite Eight. Make sure you check it out and make your voice heard. We've had some really interesting matchups like Ahsoka versus Sabine was the first one that kicked off here. That's obviously a master-apprentice relationship from the show. We do also have Kanan versus Ezra later in the show. So there are some strong, very tied-together character matchups that are going on there in that bracket. Thanks so much for watching this episode, and we'll see you all next time.